You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast, a regular dose of Christ-centered encouragement to put your mind in a better place. Listen in as Pastor John Stonge shares Bible studies, interviews, training, and some of his most recent sermons. We're glad to have you with us today. You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast. I'm John Stonge, and today I have a very special guest with me. In fact, her name is Honey Woods, and I just heard a, a, a very compelling interview with her just a little while ago, and I thought I'd invite her on. Honey is the author of the new book, Girl, Read Your Bible, and she has just a very compelling and very relatable life story, and so I reached out just a little bit ago to see if Honey would be willing to join us here on Dwell on These Things, and she was very gracious to agree to do so. So, Honey, welcome to the show. We're grateful to have you with us today. Thank you so much, John. It's great to be here. Well, honey, let's start off. Just give everybody a, a picture of, of who you are and, and uh, how life looks and, and all the different things that you have going on during this particular season. That's a big question there. It kind of is. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so um, I am, um, honestly, first and fo- foremost, I'm a child of God. And I, I point that out first, because to me, that's the most important thing. I am a mother to six children. Um, I am actually a homeschooling mom, so I'm able to stay home and homeschool my kids. Um, I also own my own business and work from home. So that's part of what I do as well. Um, that's, you know, how I'm able to, um, be a a mom. Um, at this point in life, I'm doing this solo, just me and my six kids at home. And so I'm doing that. I'm able to stay home with my kids though, because of the business that I have. And like you said, you know, um, I'm an author. I just, just recently published a new book or read your Bible, um, that has really just been something that God has pulled out of me from a lot of things that have been going on in our life. So, well, I I wonder for for starters, you know, let let's uh, get a little picture of what life is like as a mom who's homeschooling six children because that right there sounds really busy and really fun. So, my wife and I, <laughs> um, we we've done schooling a, a few different ways. For a season, we did homeschooling, and we've done a few other options. And and uh, our kids are a little bit older now, and and they're just about all finished with the, all their schooling. You know, two of them are in college. One of them is about to graduate from high school, and then we'll just have one left in high school. But she's almost done too. And I have to tell you, my favorite season of their schooling was when we were doing homeschooling. That was my absolute yeah. favorite. I loved it. So give us a picture of what that's been like for you with six kiddos. And what, by the way, what are their age ranges? <laughs> their age ranges. Um, my oldest actually just turned 14 a few days ago. Um, and then my youngest are six-year-old twins. So, um, you know, they're right in those. Yes. Yeah, so they're kind of everybody's a couple years apart other than the twins, obviously. Um, so they're all squeezed in there. You know, we've got all the grades I've got. So right now, you know, it's the elementary and, and a couple kids in middle school. Um, we started out just with homeschooling and, and I absolutely love it. I wasn't raised like this. My husband wasn't raised like this. So it was just a different experience for us. We just felt like this was the right fit for us in the season. And I have to say now, probably more than ever, I'm so grateful that we did choose this. Um, but yeah, that's, it is absolutely fun. It's a blast. Um, it is crazy. I'm not going to lie. There's times I'm like, what am I doing? And I think everyone that's ever homeschooled, you know, at least once thinks, what did I get myself into? Um, cause it can be a little crazy, but it's so much fun. Um, you know, it is, 
uh, as far as what our days look like, I don't know if there's ever normal, normal completely. Um, but I spend, you know, that um, our mornings are homeschooling. My older kids at this point, a lot of them are um, mostly self-taught, not completely. We do some things together as a family, and then they have some things they work on. And then my little ones that are um, in first grade need a little bit more hands-on hmm. mom right with them, plus they're twins. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's a little extra. Um, but we have so much fun with it. I love the flexibility. You know, there's days where we're like, okay, we're going to do some different kind of learning today. And I, I have a background actually in education, mm-hmm. um, in elementary and early childhood education. And so, I kind of had to change some of my time for my, my thought process of how everything looks. Cause it is different and it can be different in a home than it is in a classroom. It's not necessarily just moving the classroom to my house. It's a lot of different things. Um, and I was actually just joking with someone today about um, my kids going to the library, you know, the homeschool kids at the library. It's like, okay, what is the maximum amount of books? They'll let me check out mom. <laughs> you know, we have this, we leave with just stacks of books and they love learning um, about anything and everything. It's just, it truly is a joy that they love to be able to do that. Um, and that we get to spend so much time together. I think, you know, as a parent, as your children grow, you recognize that even more, how much you time you cherish your time with them um, and how that time is short. And so I love that we will, we're able to spend that time together, you know, the learning, but it's also just so much time that we get, that I get with my kids while they're young. And um, it is, it's a lot of fun though. It really yeah, is. yeah, absolutely. I, I'll, I'll tell you one of the impressions that, that my children had when uh, they transitioned from homeschooling to uh, traditional schooling, they were amazed at how much time is wasted in a typical classroom. Yes. Yes. Sco- homeschooling is so efficient. Right. Yes. It's so efficient. You're able to just dive right in. You're able to. That's why homeschoolers always went in spelling bees and doing all sorts of things. <laughs> it's so efficient. And they just they would come home from school and they'd I'd ask them what they do. And they said what we did today, we could have condensed into maybe one or two hours, but they stretched it out into eight with a whole bunch of filler. Just yeah. so. And, and I, I thought, you know what? <laughs> They're not wrong. I've seen yeah. that happen plenty of times. I mean, not every context is like that, but sometimes they uh, they definitely notice that. Have you noticed that as well? Just the efficiency Absolutely. that you're able to Absolutely. enjoy with that? Um, you know, from being an outsider, like I said, you know, having that background of of, of um, when, teaching in schools, that was what I wanted to do was teach in the schools mm-hmm. and then seeing how that setup works um, or even back to when I was a, a student myself and then looking at, you know, how my kids are. I'm like, it seems so weird to me. People think your kids are never in school because they're done with, with school in a few hours mm-hmm. a day and they're learning just as much, if not more, you know, and then they have the whole rest of the day to do whatever that looks like, whether that's, you know, fun or play or work or whatever it is. Um, we actually have um, property and we have like 50 chickens. And so, you know, they're able to help with that kind of stuff and taking care of raising the chickens and other things around the house where I remember when I was a kid, it was like, you just got home and Hey, it's like dinner and I'm done, you know, homework, right. maybe where yeah, you sit, my kids you sit can in front of more books. So much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that, that sometimes we should probably revisit as a culture, when we think about how we structure schooling, we, we don't really do enough, I think, to, um, to make it, to, to give it variety. I guess that's the way I'm, I'm kind of mm-hmm. uh, yeah. thinking about it because 
you know, some students, okay, they could sit there and, and do book work all day and that's fine. But most people aren't really wired that way. Just even when you yeah. think about our day-to-day life, life isn't quite like that. I mean, there's, there's yeah. head learning, but there's also learning your hands need to do. And it's nice to kind of mix it up. I know one of the things that, that we've done for three of our four children uh, toward the, the end of their schooling here is that they did their high school in a, in a tech school where they could also do their academic schooling there as well. And so they learned woodworking and cosmetology and That's electrical wonderful. engineering. And, and they have thanked us a million times over for giving yeah. them the opportunity to be able to have that variety where they can do their academics and learn a trade. And, you know, I, I see how that, that, how that's even helping them just in regard to earning an income. You know, one of my sons yeah. just the other day, uh, somebody hired him to put up a shiplap wall. He's an 18 year old and, yeah. uh, and he's a senior in high school and he got hired to do this wall and he got paid 1100 bucks to do this wall. And then That's this summer, awesome. someone, someone hired him to put shutters, custom shutters on their house and paid him $3,300 to do these custom shutters. And I looked at him and I said, you realize you're, this is adult money. Like yes. this is adult money that you're, yeah. you're earning. You have now learned a valuable skill and you're getting to, to implement it and you've learned customer service and, and things like that. And before you know it, I mean, you know, he, he's planning to go to college in the fall, but the nice thing is he has so many options because yes. of, uh, you know, learning a skill that he was able to use. It's just kind of interesting. Absolutely. No, I love that. Um, yeah, I love, I mean, we're not quite in those older ages quite yet. Right. We're super close, but we're, give you it know. five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we, um, the, my kids have already been exposed to, you know, I mean, mom works from home, so they know there's different opportunities. There's that entrepreneurship bug kind of in the family a little bit, sure. um, but they've seen, you know, they also know that, that I did go to college. And so I, there's that option for them, but there's different types of things, different trades, you know, um, they've got, you know, different family members that will, they do all these different things like the building and the, um, mm-hmm. putting things together. And they are so intrigued and any opportunity that we have, they just want to soak up that information and you can see each of their personalities and the different things they're interested in. And I love, you know, like you said, that, that variety, that's just not in a lot of, um, traditional schooling of that. This is, everybody has to do the exact same thing where my kids, yeah, we have some of the basics, you know, you need to know how to communicate with people. So you're going to learn reading and writing and spelling and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And you need to learn how to deal with financial matters. So you need to know about your numbers and some math things. But other than that, there, the opportunities for them really are endless. If you're interested in these types of things, then let's see how we can, you know, connect you with someone else that does that or watch YouTube videos. If mom has no clue, you know, (laughs) about that topic. Um, there's so much, the opportunities are endless. Um, for that yeah. kind of thing. Absolutely. And, and in a moment, I'm going to segue our conversation to discussing some things that are in your new book. But yeah. before I do, one of the one last thing I want to say about this, I'm just curious to hear your impression of this. One of the benefits and blessings that you have the opportunity to do is you get you get to spend a little extra time shaping the faith of your children. And I'm curious, how does that look on a daily basis as you're as you're you know taking care of the schooling and things like that with six young people in your home? What does it look like to infuse that with faith in Christ? And, and how are you trying to encourage their faith that way? Yeah. So, um, actually I will say when my kids were younger, I didn't do the greatest job of that. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people can probably relate to that where you just kind of, um, are just living life, you know, and you don't make that intentional effort. And I think, 
you know, our family went through some difficulties. Um, my husband was, a uh, in the military and, um, was deployed overseas. And when he came back, um, you know, he wasn't quite the same. And so our family has gone through a lot of difficulties since those years ago when he did that. And part of that came with, you know, him being kind of in and out a lot. And so for me, it was one of those moments in life that, um, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, like make or break. It was kind of like, it, it drove me to my knees of like, okay, I either shut down and life just falls apart completely, or I've got to get help. And I knew, you know, I, I grew up in the church. I had that faith background and all of that, but I knew I had to do something to get through the really hard moments. And so it really drove me to my knees. And in the process of that, I began to feel the weight of I'm responsible for raising these children up in the ways of the Lord. And so it wasn't just about me needing Jesus. It was that I knew that they needed Jesus, you know, so regardless of the, you know, raising them in church and raising them, you know, reading the Bible stories or whatever kind of stuff, it became a lot more. Um, So it became a whole lot more of, you know, spending time. um, Sometimes it was when they were younger, it was like a quick little devotional, whatever I could do to get like Mm -hmm. the little twins just to kind of, okay, you can sit for five minutes. This is what we do. You know, Um, it's praying with them at night before bed. If that's the only quiet time that we had as a family, because as you can imagine, our house is probably not normally the normal (laughs) quiet, you know, or the normal. I have to say though, are are your, are your kids home right now? They are. They are. So somehow we're pulling off this interview and I'm not hearing them in the background. I I prepare them and often when they they know what I'm not (laughs) (laughs) No, it's usually, you know, snacks, movies, whatever. But when mom's on, when mom has uh, recordings going on or calls going on, they know uh, they're really good about that. I I can Um, tell. Yeah. So I have to, you know, strategically plan, but they do really good with that. you know, so it became those kind of things. And then as we've, as they've grown and I've grown, um, you know, it became a lot more, my older ones, um, will have super deep discussions. I'm not even kidding. My, my oldest son, he's 12 and his, one of his favorite people, if you ask him, well, who, you know, just people that he really looks up to is Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, he will like watch old sermons and it makes me laugh. And I think, you know, like my grandma would just be so proud, you know, she just loves Billy Graham. But that's just a connection that he's made of somebody that just he thinks, you know, this this guy really loves Jesus and here he is sharing about it. And so just different things that they've been exposed to. Some of that's just the homeschooling. You know, they here's this book or here's this thing and they see it and they get into it because they are able to. They have the time to do that. Um, But actually, this last summer, um, I was dedicated myself to you know, really being intentional about spending time in the word of God and not just kind of it being like a, well, you know, here's, oh yeah, I have this Bible verse on this picture frame on my wall or, you know, that my daily Bible verse that pops up on my app. I think a lot of Christians can be like, okay, well, yeah, I've read something, you know, because you can justify that it pops up on your phone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really felt like I needed to be intentional about it. And once again, I'm going back to the, well, if I'm going to be intentional, you know, I mean, scripture Jesus loved children and there was no difference, you know, well, you can't really tell them about Jesus now, or they don't understand these things. And I know that children don't understand things the same way that we do. Um, but I didn't see a need to water down so much stuff. And so we actually last summer, um, my kids and I all together, all read through, um, the whole Bible. And so, it was wow. kind of a, a lot of it was audio Bible. You know, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> it was okay. audio. You know, the little kids were like, okay, they can't read that level of stuff yet. But sure, um, I understand. Yeah. But it was just something I just felt like, you know, the whole world, 
um, even more so than just our family, the whole world just felt so crazy and like everything was out of control and it, we needed to kind of dial back into that foundation of truth. And the world's going to tell you a lot of things, you know, that things that were happening in our family and with their dad and with, you know, everything around us. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay, we have to go back to what's true. What does God's word say about these things? And so mm -hmm. I felt that that was just a way that we could do that, you know? Um, so that was something that we did together. So, I mean, as far as daily stuff, yeah, we're not reading the whole Bible every day right now. <laughs> that was like a <laughs> summer challenge for us. Um, but, you know, I do encourage my kids to, we do some things together. We have some prayers together. We read through some things together. And then I also encourage them, at least the older ones, you know, to pull out their Bible on their own. And, you know, I caught my son the other day. He was just for fun, starting to read through some of Revelation. And I'm like, but that's a tough one, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to explain some of this, but he's, you know, he's like a little boy. He's like, this stuff is really cool. You it, know, <laughs> it, it sounds like sci-fi, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're reading it. So I, I have to tell you, you know, right around that same age, I really got into Revelation too. And I, I just thought, wow, this is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have to say, um, and I, I wonder if, if you've noticed this too, you know how that, you know, that phrase more is caught than taught, right? Yeah. You ever yeah. heard that? Yeah. So obviously teaching is highly valuable and, yeah. and modeling backs up our teaching, right? Yeah. So one of the things that I've been thinking about lately, so much of what we do is digital in the sense that we're reading things off of Kindles and iPads yes. and things yeah. like that. And I, I, it dawned on me, it, not super recently, but not too long ago, the importance of me spending time reading my paper Bible, not just yes. on an iPad or something. Because I thought, I want my kids to notice and have no mistake about what I'm actually reading. I don't yes. want to just sit there with my Kindle or my laptop or or um, or an iPad on my lap and have them think I'm just browsing the internet when I'm yeah. actually reading the Bible. So I purposely uh, brought my my paper Bible in close proximity to my chair so that they would see me reading yeah. that. You know, similar to what you just described with your son. And um, I think that that you know when we think about the things that we teach children. I think a big thing that that we always need to remind ourselves as parents is that they're watching. Sometimes it's not yeah. even that we covered all the words, but yeah. if, if you know our lifestyle kind of fills in some of those gaps and really demonstrates some some word pictures that it's going to put in their mind as they see mom reading the scriptures or big brother reading the scriptures or yeah. you know anything like that. So so I, I do think there's a lot of value really in that for sure. Yeah, it's a great. Um great responsibility. There's a lot of weight that comes with that, you know, sure. like, okay, I need to make sure, you know, not only am I in the right place, um, for myself and my relationship with the Lord, but that I have a lot of little eyes that are watching, you know, yeah. um, and paying attention. That's, that's a lot of responsibility. Absolutely. So in the midst of all those little eyes that are watching and all this <laughs> yes. homeschooling and everything else that you've got going on, somehow you managed to write a book and your latest yes. book, it just came out and it's called yes. Girl, Read Your Bible. So if you're listening to us today, go check that out. It's over at Amazon, just came out. So tell us a little bit about the book and what inspired you to put it together. Yeah, well, really, um, you know, coming together, I think a lot of this came from just conversations that I was having with friends over the past few years. Um, and again, it's going back to that. I feel like the whole world is is turned upside down and, you know, there's all these, well, this is my truth and your truth and all these things. Everything is so, just felt so blurry and so un unclear, um, you know, just 
around in the world. And I'm thinking, no, there's, there is absolute truth, you know, and if you are calling yourself a follower of Jesus, then that should be your foundation. The word of God should be your foundation of this is what's true. Um, and I think for so long, we've become complacent in the church as a whole to not really see that as truth, but you're, you know, we listen to the really good stories. Um, and we listen to, um, you know, probably some knowledgeable advice from people that we respect, but, but it doesn't always go back to biblical truth. And so I, I was like, okay, you know, I'm really not okay with these things that are spreading around that they sound nice. They sound happy. They sound pleasant. But my question kept going back to, is this what God says? You know, um, there's a lot of things that we'll tell ourselves about ourselves. Um, I went through a huge identity thing in, in my own life of, okay, you know, all these things going on in my family. If, if I'm not, um, any longer a wife, then what does that mean? You know, when you find your identity in your job or even in being a mom or whatever it is, you have to go back to who am I, if I'm not that, then what in the world am I? And so going back to, for me, that became, what does God say about who I am? Um, you know, I'm a child of God. I'm loved. I'm forgiven. I mean, I can, you know, go through these list of things that I learned, about what God's word says and what's true. And so that really just expanded from there. Um, and it became more than just the identity, but okay, what does God say about a lot of these things? There's a lot of things you hear that are common in society. Um, you know, um, trying to think like offhand, I have like a bunch of chapters, um, you know, just follow your heart or God wants me to be happy or things like that. Things that are common that you hear. And I'm not saying that they don't sound good. They sound really nice, but I kept going back to the question as if I line this up with scripture, is it true? Um, is it not true? Or maybe there's a piece of truth in it. And so really a lot of the book, um, it, it's a short book. It's a fairly quick read, but it's very biblically founded. There's a lot of scripture um, supporting it. And it goes through some of the different things that you may hear, some of the different topics, but mostly um, it doesn't go super in depth because most of it is me encouraging people to get back to what the word of God says. You know, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, then you should be looking to what he says what scripture says about things and that be your source of truth. There is not 10 different versions of truth. You know, it's like a math problem. You know, two plus two is always going to equal four. Um, just because you say it's five doesn't make it true. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so um, it just goes back to the source of scripture being the source of absolute truth. And it does, you know, go through a little bit of um, kind of looking at those things that you might have heard and seeing, wait, what does God have to say about this? Um, because there's so much that we're inundated with constantly that I think we've just come to believe as true because we've heard it so often, or we've heard it from well-meaning people that we respect, you know, um, but it, there is, there's such a need um, these days, especially to really go back to seek out what God has to say about different topics and different things. Um, and to use that, you know, it's a great source of wisdom and I think a lot of us, it's, it's been easy in America. There's probably so there's countless homes in America that probably have, you know, half a dozen or more Bibles sitting on their shelves, but how often do they pull them out and actually look and see what God says? Or how often is it, you know, that phone app or somebody telling you a nice story that you suddenly think is scripture. So right. um, 
it really is just about getting back to the basics of spending time in God's word. So, and that's what that's what you're trying to encourage the reader to do yeah. to get back into the scriptures and yeah. to understand who they are and understand how life really works from yeah. a biblical perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you think? What would be one of the main takeaways that that someone would that someone would take from reading? the book. So you have you have a variety of things uh, about identity, about getting back into scripture, uh, you know, and, and pieces of encouragement. So another takeaway that you would say, you know, if someone reads this book, they're going to leave with what? Um, I think really it's, it's about, um, you know, remembering if you are Christ follower, what our source of absolute truth should be, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it, that's, that's what we have in tangible form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no, there's no question. I, I wish that Jesus was standing right next to me physically here that I could mm-hmm. talk to, but I don't have that quite the same. Um, you know, yes, we have prayer. And I also know sometimes in our prayers, we kind of mix in a little of our personality sometimes, you know, there, <laughs> it, 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 that can happen, you know? Um, and so I think for us just having actual scripture, that's something we have in tangible form that we can say this, this, I know to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not fully understand it. You know, I I'm a human. I may not fully comprehend everything, but I know this to be true. And I want to learn more about this. And I think, um, in a world that is swirling with half truths and untruths, I think that um, really the the purpose of this is to remind you that as a follower of Jesus, you have a source of absolute truth, and um, just encourages you to get back into that. So I, I love that. I, and uh, again, the book's called "Girl, Read Your Bible" by Honey Woods. So definitely check it out. And uh, recently, I was listening to Ryan Rieger's podcast. I want to give Ryan a shout out. Yeah. Uh, he's a great guy and uh, a mutual friend that that yeah. uh, made this connection so that we could have you on the show today. And um, and you were talking a lot about just your own personal testimony of some of the things that the Lord's been blessing you with and, and even allowing you to, to walk through during this particular season of life. And one of the things that you testified very clearly to was just the way that the Lord has been just you know, one of the things we look at scripture, it reminds us that God is our provider, right? He's yes. a, our provider. Yeah. And that was a, a pretty strong element of, of your testimony in, uh, in that conversation that I had the opportunity to listen to between you and Ryan. And I wonder if you could just, just tell us a little bit more about that, how you've been learning in recent seasons that, that God can be relied on to be truly the Lord, our provider. He absolutely can. Um, I mean, I could probably talk for hours just on that, <laughs> that alone, um, you know, the countless situations um, that things have happened and things have come up and uh, absolute miraculous ways where, um, yeah, <laughs> I've literally had, you know, strangers and walk up to our house and give us money that I was not expecting that we were in need of at the time. Um, you know, as you can imagine, being a mom trying to do all of this, you know, business or author or whatnot, I still have six small children, um, you know, and trying to figure out how in the world is this all going to happen. And I still want to be fully there for my kids. Um, you know, we had, uh, uh, these are just, you know, practical, tangible kind of things. Cause I know this is part of life and this does happen to people like our, our, um, heater went out right before winter. (laughs) And I'm thinking what in the world, you know, I call the heating company and they're telling me it's going to be like, you know, a couple thousand dollars and this huge Mm -hmm. repair. And I'm, where in the world is this going to come from? You can't mm. go without heat. Mm-hmm. And um, I 
was talking with a friend of mine and her husband actually um, works for a heating and air conditioning company. He has the, all of the tools, the abilities, the knowledge, the connections, whatever. And he went and found a part for a couple hundred dollars for us. And only just, he just charged me for the part, you know, Hey, I'll come fix it for you guys. Wow. And what a um, blessing. just think so many things like that. I I've lost track of, um, but it's also in those moments of, you know, I have been blessed with um, wonderful friends and family members that, um, will just constantly, I'll get messages, you know, pop up on my phone and praying for you today, people that you wouldn't even imagine. And that to me has been huge because there are things that we've gone through that there is no, you can't, here's the money. You can't fix everything with money. Sometimes it just takes knowing that someone is there. Um, they're praying, they're lifting you up and all of your difficulties and struggles and stresses and all of that to the Lord. That's been huge. Um, there have been people that have stepped up in my kids' lives and been just amazing examples of, um, you know, of, of a godly father to them and in different ways, even, you know, my dad and, and other family members stepping up and just really loving my kids. Um, it is truly unbelievable. I mean, you, you know, after so many times you can't call it a coincidence. It's not, that's not what it is. You know, it's, it's constant. It's, um, those days when you're just having a really hard day and somebody just stops by and pops in and brings you a coffee. I mean, it could be a lot of little things, but right. it's, it's been constant. Um, you know, my kids even know, um, bless their hearts. My, my little girls going through some of this stuff. When, when we started really going through a lot of the stuff, they were like three and four, they were really little. And, um, one of those girls, she would tell me that when she fell asleep, she would, she would um, have dreams about Jesus holding her hand when she was sleeping, just mm -hmm. sweet little things that, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's what she made up or, or if that's just a beautiful dream that God gave her. I have no idea, mm -hmm. but for a little girl to know somebody's with me and I don't have to be afraid and I don't have to be mm -hmm. scared. There are just beautiful things like that, that, um, you know, in my home, I just feel like, thank you, God, for, for allowing those things, whatever that sure. was. Thank you for allowing that, that peace, um, for my kids when they need it, um, that provision, you know, the, whether it's, you know, financially or the prayer or whatever mm -hmm. it is, it's, it never ceases. And we've been going through this for a few years now, and it's like constantly things are falling into place. I'm not going to lie and say there haven't been a lot of difficult moments because there are, mm -hmm. um, I was thinking the other day, actually, of the the story of Job and not to compare our story to Job because Job had it hard, <laughs> but you know, um, when, when you first get introduced to Job, he was, you know, the man that, um, he was the wealthiest in all the land. You know, this, this, this is the guy that just had everything, you know? Right. Um, and he had favor from God too. And then he went through a season where, Oh, if you're familiar with the story at all, I mean, every single bad thing that could happen, he lost happened. everything yeah. and everyone just about in his life. And, and so much awful happened. And then you, you skip to the end of the story and you see that God blessed him more than what he even had had before. You know, mm -hmm. the, the end was even better than the beginning. And I think sometimes um, when you're going through difficulties, all you see is the middle. All you see is the yuck and the really hard and you're in that. But I think it's so good to remember that it's just for a season. You know, right. it will not always be that. And it may be a long season for some, it may be a short season, but when you're in the midst of those difficulties, remember that it is for a season, um, you know, and that we just, that's our time to rely on the Lord, you know, and to know that he is faithful. He is good. 
if you aren't seeing little pieces in your life, I'm telling you, you're, you're just missing them really, Mm -hmm. you know, find people in your life that can help you to remember and to help you to see those things. Um, and if you really can't see any of that, pull out scripture and see the faithfulness of God for For countless people in there, there are seasons of difficulty and all of us go through different, they, they may look different, but everyone goes through a season of difficulty Right. and then you come out on the other side. Um, and God is faithful, even in the midst of that, sometimes it's just harder to see, but I think for me, it's been helpful to know this. It will not always have the season of difficulty will not be forever. <laughs> you know? forever. Yes. And I, yeah. I actually think too, you know, kind of echoing what you're saying there. Sometimes I wonder if those seasons are uh, more of a blessing than we give them credit for being yeah, because yeah. we'll we'll look at at those seasons and and realize boy my prayer life was so strong in yes. the midst of that <laughs> and in the midst of that yes. I was reminded that that the Lord is present with me in a way that I wasn't thinking a lot about him when when yeah. everything was going easily and and when I didn't have Absolutely. any challenges or anything like that and so I think the Lord uses those moments to strengthen our faith and remind us he is sufficient, that the things in this world that we were looking to somehow be our sufficiency, they don't work anyway. And so he's reminding yeah. us that it's kind of like what Paul talks about when he says, I, I could be content in all circumstances. I could be content in every circumstance. And, and what was he saying? He's, I, I know that Christ is sufficient for me in, in highs and lows and all of that. If I have him, I have everything I need. And that's what I hear a lot when I when I hear your story. And I know that we're only even scratching the surface of your story today, but but just the same. I mean, it's just been a, a, a wonderful thing to see what the Lord's been doing in your life and and how he is uh how he's really been inspiring you to now be an encouragement to other yes. people. So as, as as we finish up, uh again, I just want to encourage listeners, you know, if you have the opportunity, pick up a copy of Girl, Read Your Bible, check it out, author Honey Woods. And honey, if people want to connect with you outside of this conversation, where can they find you? Um, I actually have a website you can reach me on. Um, there's contact on there. It's realtruthandhope.com. Um, and you can email me through there as well. Perfect. Realtruthandhope.com. All right. Well, our guest today was Honey Woods. Honey, thank you so much for being with us today. We, we truly appreciate it. Thank you, John. I really enjoyed it. Scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's Word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's Word, listen to the Spirit, and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.